for you to take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 5, please. Proverbs chapter 5. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 17 through 20. Proverbs chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And we'll be getting into some uh, sensitive, we've already been into some sensitive topics here in chapter 5, but they'll remain sensitive, maybe even a little bit more sensitive tonight. So uh, I'll try to, and I've prayed that I'll be able to edify the spirit without corrupting the mind. So I uh, just pray God will help me to be able to do that. And uh, But uh, there are things that uh, the Bible addresses and that we need to address because of that. The title of the message tonight is A Pleasant Row. A Pleasant Row. And that's R-O-E, not R-O-W. Last week, by way of euphemism, the Lord described a man's wife as a well of water. And he told us to drink water out of our own well. In other words, don't be running around and sleeping with another man's wife. We learned that we are to keep the waters from our own well at home as well. Solomon said in verse 17, let them be only, I'm sorry, yeah, be only thine own and not strangers with thee. So marriage is a sacred thing. Marriage was created and ordained by God. So for a person to alter God's design for marriage, and that includes shacking up, that's a sin, that's fornication. That includes uh, uh, multiple wives. That includes um, uh, two men or two women. Anything that alters God's original design that he gave us in the Garden of Eden is sin. It's sin. And, uh, and to alter God's design for marriage is to rebel against God and to attack his holy plan for mankind. From the beginning of creation, God instituted the marriage union with one man and one woman. Jesus reemphasized that in the New Testament. And there are several instances in the Bible where certain men took numerous wives for themselves. And every single time that I can remember, whether it was Abraham or Jacob or David or Solomon, every time that I can remember ever seeing a man having multiple wives in the Bible, there is either sexual impurity, uh, religious compromise, or unnecessary drama that comes along with that arrangement. You see anything different, Brother Shepherd? I just <laughs> never said anything different. Uh, do you know why David committed adultery with Bathsheba? Let's think about it. David, King David had many wives. Let's think about this a minute. Why did he commit adultery with Bathsheba? You'd think that those women having that many wives would have kept David so busy that he wouldn't have had the time or energy to be looking for another woman. You'd think that with all those women, David would have been fully satisfied with his home life and wouldn't have been meddling in another man's home. 
But the fact that David was not satisfied with his home life is proof that the restrictions God places on marriage do not hinder sexual fulfillment. They protect it. See that? It's proof. If David could not be satisfied with many wives, then having one more woman was not the answer to him being satisfied. Here's a kingdom truth. The answer to a man being satisfied with anything begins with him being satisfied to live within the boundaries of God's Word. The answer to a man being satisfied with anything begins with him being satisfied to live within the boundaries of God's Word. And the boundaries we've been given concerning marriage is one man and one woman until death do they part. He said, let them be yours only and not a stranger's with thee. Did you know that sadly some people fall so far from God that even today, in the year 2022, in the United States of America, people are now sharing their spouses with other people? I think you all knew that. If not, it's true. And uh, I know personally people who've been involved in that. This is so wicked. It's so disgusting. But it's not uncommon in the United States. And I uh, feel certain it's not uncommon in other places of the world as well. And Solomon warns us against this practice here. Or any behavior that we may have that might contribute to our spouse not being faithful to us alone. Jealousy is a natural emotion in the heart of a husband and wife. Ladies, if your husband's not jealous, and, and men, if your wife's not jealous, something's wrong. Should be jealous. God put jealousy in our hearts. God is uh, a husband to the church. God was a husband to Israel. And God said that he is what kind of God? A jealous God, right? If a man is not jealous over his wife, there's something wrong with that man's walk with God. Because he doesn't have the heart toward his wife that God has toward his. And Solomon says, Men, let your fountains, that is your wives, be yours alone and not a stranger's with you. Don't two-time your spouse. And don't encourage your spouse to two-time you. Solomon said, verse 18, Let thy fountain be blessed. Let thy fountain be blessed. Now remember, the wife is being referred to as a well, a cistern of water here, a fountain of water from which her husband drinks. And Solomon tells us to let our fountains be blessed. And there are a few things that we need to know about our fountain being blessed. Or about our spouse being blessed. Number one. Solomon said, let your fountains be blessed. What does that tell us? <laughs> Whether or not our fountain is blessed depends on whom? 
depends on us. He said, let your fountain be blessed. We can either let our fountains be blessed or we can not let them be blessed by God. We can either have a blessed fountain or we can have a bitter fountain. Number two, all blessings. He said, let thy fountain be blessed. All blessings come from God. There is no other source of blessing than God and God alone. When you look at the first blessings uh, in the world, it begins at creation. And God blessed them. God blessed them. And so all blessings come from God. So God is the one who must bless your fountain, who must bless your husband or your wife. God wants to bless your fountain, but he won't bless it without our consent. Remember, it is up to us to let God bless it. Number three, God won't bless a dirty fountain. God won't bless a dirty fountain. Remember, the very first time we see God blessing something in the Bible is at the time of His creation. And everything God saw when He created it, He said that it was good. And then God blessed it. God doesn't bless bad things. He blesses good things. So the creation was blessed within the bounds of God's holy design. But if you foul God's design, then you're going to forfeit God's blessing. Listen close. If you foul God's design, you're going to forfeit God's blessing. If you say, well, I tell you what, this is what they like doing today. They say, you know what? Instead of getting married and instead of committing to each other, let's just try this relationship out for a while. We'll move into each other, with each other. We'll sleep with each other. We'll pretend like we're husband and wife, but with none of the commitments. I won't promise to be yours till death do we part. You won't promise to be mine till death do we part. I had a, a man I know a little while back. He was on... Uh, uh, Facebook, and he he was living with this woman, and uh, always putting on there how much he loved her and what a blessing she was to him. And uh, he put on Facebook one day. He said, "Real men treat their wives this way." And he was shacked up. He wasn't married to this woman. He was living in fornication. And so the woman he was living with, frustrated, I assume that. He had not asked her to marry him yet. She got on there on that Facebook post. She said, oh, do you have a wife? He said, it's the same thing and you know it. But it's not the same thing. And you know what happened? Not too long after that. He got tired of coming home and the house not being clean. He got tired of her not going out and working and putting money into the checking account. And he went, kicked that woman out of his house. Now she's off with some other fellow. They altered God's design. And God doesn't bless a dirty fountain. He said, let 
Your fountain be blessed. Let, it's up to you. Bless, only God blesses. Your fountain. God doesn't bless a dirty fountain. He always blesses within the design of His Word. How He created marriage in the beginning, that's how He's going to bless it. If you foul God's design, you're going to forfeit God's blessing. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. You can't disregard God's Word and still delight in God's blessing. You cannot disregard God's Word and still delight in God's blessing. God blesses us by His Word. So all we have to do is walk according to the blessing He has given us in Scripture. Here's a Scripture for you. Write down your margin, your notes. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, Blessed are they that hear the Word of God. There's three more words come after it. And keep it. That's the people who are blessed. Those that hear the Word of God and keep it. Not those that come to church and hear the Word of God and forget about it. Not those who come to church, hear how marriage is supposed to be. Here's what, a, here's what a husband's supposed to be. Here's what a wife is supposed to be. And they go home and do the opposite. I've counseled so many people when it comes to marriage. And they'll go home and do the opposite of what God's Word says. And you, someone can confront them. You can say, well, you know the Bible says this. Well, I know. I know. Well, if you know, then do it, you rebel. Yes, that's how I feel about it. That's how it is. Do it. Don't sit around and hear what the book of Proverbs says concerning how to be the wife you're supposed to be, how to be the husband you're supposed to be. Don't sit around and listen to it and say, well, my circumstance is a little different. No, it's not. Your circumstance is not different. So we let our fountain be blessed by keeping our fountain within the safe and sacred boundaries of God's Word. Number four. Lastly. God's blessing results in our rejoicing. God's blessing results in our rejoicing. When David stepped outside of God's Word and committed adultery with Bathsheba, it brought sorrow to him as Solomon said, he mourned at the last. He wept at the last. But when we walk according to God's word, we experience God's blessings, and that brings rejoicing to our heart. I've never met somebody, not one time have I ever met somebody, who looks at me and says, you know Richard, I really regret that I did what the Bible said in that situation. I haven't yet, out of all the years I've lived, to have anybody tell me that. But I have heard many, many times people mourn and regret not following the Bible in the end, when it really counts. Solomon said, let your fountain be blessed. Look back in God's Word and rejoice. See how that goes together? Rejoice with the wife of thy youth. You see what this means? David could not rejoice with many wives. That night when he was in his bedroom and he walked out on that terrace, he didn't walk out there and say, Oh God, I give you thanks for all the women you've given me. 
I rejoice in your great provision, Lord. No, he walked out there unfulfilled, lustful, with a covetous heart and looked out there on another man's wife and stole her away from him. He wasn't rejoicing because he wasn't obeying. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. David wasn't satisfied, but had David followed God's word, he would have experienced God's blessing, and then he would have rejoiced with the wife of his youth. Here's another kingdom truth for you. It is better to rejoice with little than to mourn with much. Well, that's one that will stick with you, isn't it? It is better to rejoice with little than to mourn or weep with much. It's better to rejoice with the little God gives you than to weep over the circumstances that we've brought upon ourselves by believing the lie that God hasn't given us enough. Now Solomon is going to give us men some helpful hints on how we can rejoice with the wife of our youth. He says in verse 9, Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. And I have no doubt that all the men listening right now are saying, I tell you what, that's always been my motto. I'm going to let my wife be as a loving hind and pleasant row. <laughs> what is Solomon talking about? Well, this actually won't be very difficult for the men in East Texas to understand. If you're somewhere else, uh, maybe in a, an industrial area or something, uh, then... Uh, it may be a little harder for you to grasp, but around here, these fellows will get it when we start explaining it. A hind is a doe deer. You know, doe, a deer, a female deer. Y'all catch that later. Anyway, a hind is a doe deer. And a roe is a female goat, a female wild goat. So what does this mean? Let her be as a doe deer and a and a female wild goat. Well, for you hunters, you know what rutting season is, don't you? The other day I was driving into work early in the morning, and I was going through the little town of Chandler, Texas, and they had a bunch of wooded area back there, but I was on the main highway, and but the, the wooded area backed up that main highway. And I looked out of my peripheral, and I saw a buck deer chasing a female deer. And I want to tell you, that deer, that, that buck, man, have y'all ever been out hunting and watched that happen? Anyone? Brother Shepherd? Brother Shepherd's wild, man. You've been out and seen it happening? Anyone else? You have? Brother Tony? Yes, I see that hand. Baptist preachers like to say, I see that hand. Well, it was amazing to watch that buck. I mean, that buck was springing and jumping and had his eyes on that female. And everywhere she went, he went like that. He had tunnel vision. I was driving right beside them. I could have had a shotgun pointed at that buck. He'd have never known I was there. Tunnel vision. All he could see was stars and, and little hearts floating up. As that, that buck was... That, that doe, excuse me, was prancing around. He was pursuing that doe. Isn't that what they do? 
Do y'all see the does pursue after the bucks and the bucks running like that? It doesn't happen. The bucks pursue the does. The men pursue the women. That doe will run for a spell. You know what happens? Eventually that male deer will wear them down and win them over. Isn't that right? That male deer will wear them down and win them over. Not all men have Hollywood-like faces like Rick Lasky and his love at first sight. Most men had to be like, like these buck deer here. And, and, and men, let me tell you something. Women want to be pursued. It's in their nature. Now, there's Elizabeth. Is that true, Sister Elizabeth? She's shaking her head yes. Women want to be pursued. Like the hind and the doe. It's the way God made them. God designed men to pursue women, to run after them, and wear them down with love until they finally let you catch them. Solomon is speaking about wives here. Though they are our, our rows, they are our hinds. He's speaking to, to, to men about not just uh, uh, chasing after someone to catch them, but he's talking about the women they've already caught. He's talking to husbands about their fountains. And, he, and he's saying, rejoice with the wife of your youth. He's talking about our wives. You know what that tells us? Men, once you catch them, you don't stop pursuing them. You see? Once you catch your wife, you don't stop pursuing your wife. There was a man here one time in this church. Good man. A good man. I'm not talking down about anybody. I'm just using an example. And his wife passed away. And this man was uh, like a lot of older men. He, he, he could have lost a few pounds. And his wife passed away, and I walked in one day to church, say hi to him. I hardly even recognized the man. He'd lost so much weight. All fit and trim and looking good. I thought to myself, he's looking for a woman. Looking for a woman. Women, y'all do the same thing. You know it. You're looking for a woman or looking for a man. When you catch your spouse, the Bible says... Let your spouse be to you like the roe and the hind. Don't stop pursuing. If, if, if you feel that to catch a woman, you need to shape up and tone up and look good. Ladies, if you feel you need to do the same thing to, to be caught by a man, because a man's not going to pursue an ugly doe, right? He's not going to look and go, oh, he's going to run the other way, right? And so that's why women also... Start shaping up, trying to look good, and all that stuff, so they can have someone pursue them. Well, once you get caught, you need to still stay catchable. And men, once you catch them, you need to keep those legs going and keep pursuing them. And I'll tell you something else. If you will keep pursuing your wife, it will make your wife want to be more pursuable. If you were to tell a man... If you were to say, oh, i tell you what, uh, those, those biceps are looking pretty good there. You know what it would want make him do? 
It won't make him think, oh, that, that made me feel good to hear that. Made me feel good to get that compliment. I better keep these biceps in shape. You know? So if Solomon's not saying, let them be to you as the, as the roe and the hind, if they still look good to you. If they're still exciting to you. No. You pursue your wife no matter what. Ladies, you let him catch you no matter what. You may feel like, oh my goodness, that man's so fat and ugly now. I want to run away and never let him catch me. Let him catch you. Let him catch you. And if you'll keep doing that, you know what? Next thing you know, it will encourage your spouse to be more pleasing to you. In every area of your life. It will help encourage them. But that's what he's saying here. He says let them be to you like that. That roe and that hind. Keep pursuing her. Let your wife be to you like that. Uh, that doe was to the buck I saw in Chandler. Let yourself be crazy in love with your wife. Constantly pursuing her. Constantly catching her with your love. How many of you have ever watched a video of a police officer involved in a foot pursuit? I, I've been involved in foot pursuits. Brother Shepard has too. How many of y'all have ever seen, because we've almost all seen those videos. How many of y'all have ever seen that police officer chasing and catching more than one person? Usually one person, isn't it? If one splits off over here and the other goes over here, that officer who's pursuing can only go in one direction. A pursuer can only pursue one direction. If you're pursuing your wife, you're running after your wife, you're letting her know by your constant pursuit of her, not only are you worthy of my time, not only are you, are you, do I consider you to be a good catch, but my attention is focused on you in you alone. Nobody else in my life. I'll tell you something. I see young men who have these nice big fancy trucks. They'll have some, some girlfriend or wife or whatever she is to them in the, in the passenger seat. And on the back of their truck, they'll have a silhouette of a naked woman or some woman on a pole, pole dancing. That's not pursuing. What... Some men, they have por pornographic uh, magazines or, or books or some, something sexual uh, or some posters up in their workspace. Maybe they got a man shed out back with some woman in a bikini or some naked woman or something hanging up. That's not pursuing your spouse. That's fornication. It is sin. It is telling your wife, hey, I'm headed another direction right here. Oh, I may come to the house with you, but my heart's headed that way over there toward her. That's not her hanging up. That's not her in the magazine. That's not her you got placard on the back of your pickup truck. That's not pursuing your spouse. That's running from God's word. And it's dirtying your fountain. It's unholy. Oh, we got a bunch of truck drivers here. I don't know anything about y'all's trucking life. But I want to tell you this. I do know a whole lot about trucking industry. A lot about it. Yeah, I know about those parking lot lizards. 
If you're a truck driver, you know about them too. Isn't that right, Matthew? You are in the trucking industry. You know about them. I'm not saying that... Yeah, you know about them. That's what I'm talking about. I know about them too. And I'm telling you, we got a bunch of truck drivers. So if you're here or you're on the internet or whatever, you stay away from those people. They're ungodly. They're trashy. That's not God's design. That's dirtying your fountain. You can't chase two things at the same time. When you're pursuing your wife, you're giving her your full and undivided attention. So when you're pursuing someone, you're letting her or know that she's not only worthy of your admiration, but she's the only woman for you. Every woman needs that security. When I was a young man, I used to travel out of town to spend the week in Austin for training every year. Or was it every two years we went for in-service? Was it every year? Every two years. And I rode down there one week and stayed the week down there with an older trooper who was about to retire. I didn't have very long before he retired. And he had been married to this woman for a long time. And I was 20-something years old. And when training was over that week, he was in my patrol car and we rode back to Russ, Texas. I dropped him off at his house. And I watched him when he got out of that patrol car. Walked up to the front door. Knocked on the door for his wife to answer. He had a little stuffed teddy bear behind his back. Hidden behind his back. He looked so silly. And this old gray-headed old man looked so silly. She opened that door. And just like a little teenage boy. He pulls that teddy bear out and shows it to her. She goes, oh. And she got it and they kissed him and they went on inside the house. You know what? That's pursuing. That was beautiful is what that was. She looked like a little teenage girl getting courted by, that, by a young man for the first time. That's the way it should always be. Now, if I were to show up with a teddy bear and hand it to my wife, she'd think I was crazy. She'd say, that's going to collect dust. I don't want that. But you know what? If you're a buck and you're chasing a roe, you've got to know the trail that doe takes. You've got to follow her trail or you're not going to be able to pursue her. And so men, study your wives. Learn what they like. Learn what makes them happy. Learn what brings them joy and pursue them with it. Surprise them with it. And never quit pursuing them. As long as you are a buck, pursue your doe. And ladies, as long as you're a doe, that means as old as you get. That don't mean you'll ever be a buck. <laughs> but as long as you're a doe, let your buck have the pleasure of catching you. No man will chase a woman that he knows he can't catch. You listening? No man will chase a woman that he knows he can't catch. Can you imagine that older man with that, that, that teddy bear behind his back. And you know he bought it when he was in Austin. And he, he, he brought it home and he's like, oh, she's going to like this. She's going to like this. Could you imagine when she opened that door and he goes and hands it to her like that. She goes, ah, well, what did you bring that for? Could you imagine? You know how, how it would make him feel? 
dejected, humiliated, deflated in his spirit. Some women have the gift of making their men feel like. Other women had the gift of going. And deflating their man. Don't put your husband down. Don't do it. Husbands, don't put your wives down. We can all have enjoy corrective criticism. We can all be told when we're wrong. But listen, you've got a whole world of people out there ready to rip you to pieces and put you down in this world. If there's anybody that we should be able to come home to and have a haven of rest at the house and to be lifted up and inspired and pumped up and encouraged no matter what situation we're in, it should be from our spouse. From our spouse. It would have crushed that man had she done that. Ladies, men don't chase you to get their exercise. They chase you for the thrill of the catch. That's the truth. They chase you because they believe you're a prize worth having. That ought to make you feel good. But if you won't let them catch you, he will eventually quit chasing you. And if you reject your husband's advances, it will deflate his morale and make him ashamed that he ever pursued you. You make him regret that he ever pursued you. Men are forever little boys. You listening? Now the men may not realize this, but you are. Men are forever little boys who need to be admired. They are. When, you're, when the little boy's little, you, they want to go up to their mama, feel my muscle. Feel my muscle. Look at me, mama. I remember one day, I, I, my mama sent me into the store. And when I, I bought whatever she sent me in the store for, when I walked out of the store, she was parked down the parking lot like that. I took off running like Flash Gordon. I took off running as fast as I could to that car. And I just knew in my heart that my mama was going to look and think, Oh my, I've never seen anyone run so fast in my life. My son's amazing. So I ran and I got inside that car and I handed her what she asked for. I said, you see me run, Mama? I sure did. That looked pretty fast to you? It sure did. If she would have said, no, you need to get the lead out, I probably wouldn't ever run for her again. Seriously. Men don't change like that. They may not run for you like that, but they still want you to be impressed for a man, the thrill again comes from your thrill of being caught. They love the thrill of the catch. But the catch, the reward of the catch is from your thrill of being caught. When your husband catches you and your husband... <laughs> I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of uh, a woman I talked to one day. Her husband, uh, actually I don't think they were married yet, but he, he did something really great for her. And, and once he did it, she thought, 
what was that all about? And she didn't act impressed a bit. And I said, oh, don't you do that again. Don't you do that again to that poor boy. You know, make him, make him feel good. He, think of all the thought he put into that now. You make him feel good about that. Then she felt bad about it. But, but they, the men want you to be thrilled that you've been caught. I'll try to hurry up here and finish this text out. Let her breasts satisfy thee at all times. Now take your pens and underscore her breasts satisfy thee. Listen to that. That, that's, that has a lot of doctrine in it. Her breasts satisfy thee. God designed a woman's breast to gratify her husband. In men, God has given her body to you. So be satisfied with what God has given you. God has given her body. Let her breasts satisfy thee at all times. Not their breasts. Hers. So be satisfied with what God has given you. And don't be looking around at other women. Don't be comparing other women to your wife. That's what the devil wants you to do. That's how come David was never satisfied. He always thinking, well, maybe that other one will have something that all these others don't have. Now, ladies, here's the next thing for you. Let her breast satisfy you. That means your body, not another woman's body, but your body, the body God created you to have, the body you, by birth, by nature, by God's design, you have, he said, it should satisfy your husband. So number one, don't be showing it off to another man. Keep yourself covered up. And if the man is commanded to be satisfied with his wife, then she is commanded to reciprocate that love and passion back to him. Don't withhold yourself from your husband. And I want to speak frankly about this passage as we start to leave here now. If God gave you your body to satisfy your husband, that means your husband, if his walk is right with God, will be satisfied with your body. Ladies, if a man tries to make you feel inferior because of how God made you, if he starts pointing out things about your body that displease him and says, well, you look this way or you're that way or you're that way. I'm talking about things that God made you by nature. Then he is the one that has the problem and not you. You hear me? He's the one that has the problem and not you. If he wants you to have breast enhancement surgery, don't. Do it. It's bad for your body. And it still won't satisfy. God didn't say let her saline bag satisfy thee at all times. If he wants a saline bag, go down to the hospital and give him an IV bag. Take it home with him, Put it in his glove box. He didn't say that. Good marriages don't need surgical, uh, surgical augmentation. They need spiritual edification. Solomon said, be satisfied with her. Look back in your text. And be thou ravished always with her love. Men, if you have a wife at home that loves you and that wants to please you, 
then you are one fortunate fellow. Never take her love for granted. Be ravished with it. And ladies, same with you. Men, if you have a wife that tries to be pretty for you, then again, you're one fortunate fellow. Be ravished with her beauty. Be ravished with her desire to be beautiful for you. You say, wow, there's prettier women out there. Tell you what, if that woman's trying to be pretty for you, then you better thank God for it. And if you'll get right with God and you'll have the relationship with God that you're supposed to have and your wife have the relationship with God that she's supposed to have, it won't be long. God will be radiating His beauty through that woman. Just like a man putting his mouth to a trumpet and playing a beautiful song. And he'll make you ravished with her love. If you will appreciate her and pursue her, then your wife will get more and more beautiful as the days go by. With that, we'll go ahead and close. Tell you what. The Bible doesn't miss the fine points, does it? It hits home where it counts. It hit it hit hits home where a lot of women have been made to feel inferior. Where a lot of men have been deflated in their spirits. Where a lot of unnecessary heartache has come. Because they did not have the wisdom of God and apply it to their home. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you for those who were patient tonight, Lord, to go through the, the text and to let it be expounded. When we get out, usually a few minutes earlier than this, I thank you. And I pray, Lord God, that they will, uh, men and women both, let it sink down into their hearts. And Lord, I pray, Father, that we'll please you in these areas. That our homes, our marriages, our relationships with other people of the opposite sex will be so confined within the protective boundaries of your word that they will be blessed and we will rejoice. In Jesus' precious name we pray.